Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. Today's episode is sponsored by Lalo Tactical, www.lalo.com. Go there for tactical and athletic apparel. You can get great boots, great shoes. If you're so inclined, you can pick up the actual Maximus shoe that I helped design. Use the code Maximus20 for a 20% off discount. We're also sponsored by Nitor Performance, N-I-T-O-R performance.com to get some good protein. Uh, we think it's one of the best proteins on the market. Uh, probably the last one you'll ever need to buy again. Use the code Maximus Podcast for a 20% discount again. We like the 20% number, Joe. Yeah, I feel like it's our thing. Um, it's probably pretty common in the industry, actually, now that I think about it. Um, <laughs> and then finally... We are sponsoring ourselves. If you enjoy our conversation, uh, if you want to learn more about yourself and, and about other like-minded people, if you want to learn more about day-to-day programming, nutrition, uh, and everything you need to do, even if it's just to learn about some motivation to get your ass to the gym, join uh, what we call our inner circle. Uh, the MaximusPodcast.com is the website. From there, you'll figure out how to link to the inner circle, and you'll have monthly access to a bunch of great information and, more importantly, great people and joe and i routinely chat with people there to answer all those fitness related questions that they have and life related questions that they trust us enough to give them that information yes sir and on that note today's podcast is more about life than it is fitness yeah which is a very common thing for us it is and i think we're probably going to be all over the place on this so we'll uh we'll try to keep it somewhat concise Yes, we do have a bit of outline to follow, so we'll kind of <laughs> kind of guide you guys through this. Uh, but it also is, I'd say, a sensitive topic to talk about these days. Yes, for real. Would be, you know, to put it mildly, because it seems that a lot of people get heated over this. Mm-hmm. And I saw a post, a friend of mine, Tom DeBlas, put a post the other day, and it said, here's to all the dads. And it's something that like kind of struck a chord with me, so I thought I would repost it. Mm-hmm. And it's a list of things, and I'll, and I'll go ahead and read them off. Who get paid for a dinner, or sorry, who not who get paid, who paid for a dinner that no one was grateful for. Who didn't know if they'd make it to payday. Who are trying their best to be a good man in a society that devalues men. Who lost their patience multiple times a day because they see their life passing with their dreams still in their chest, who never hear I'm proud of you because those are important words for a man, who work long hours and leave all the day's frustrations at the door to be there for his kids because that's what dads do, who love so much even when they feel they're failing, who shoulder the weight of the world for their family. You're doing a great job and I'm proud of you. And I think it was interesting because one of the things, Joe, that we've talked about actually on earlier podcasts, but that's become a big thing in the mental health community is how men really suffer from depression these days. Yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not a lot of care provided for men's mental health. And oftentimes they're painted as the perpetrators of every evil in the world. And so there's a yep. lot of blame. There's a lot of uh, uh, men who are afraid to talk about how they feel or especially afraid to express their frustrations. Because they don't want to be, you know, compared to people like Harvey Weinstein, for example. Yep. Well, and not only that, if you are a man that shows some form of weakness, you're criticized for having, quote unquote, female tendencies. That's right. 
And, and, and by the way, the reason I worded it like that is because I don't think mental health issues are a sign of weakness. No. I don't think admitting that you need help is a sign of weakness. But this recently came into the news. Uh, I don't know if you heard this, Joe, a basketball player. It's been all over ESPN. His name's Marcus Morris. Mm-hmm. And he's not the best player in the NBA. He's a decent player, but you'd have no business knowing who he is. I mean, everyone knows who uh, LeBron James is, right? right. Or, or Dwayne Wade or these other people. But he said about another male opponent in the NBA, I think dude was just, he plays the game a different way. Just a lot of female tendencies on the court. <laughs> he took some heat over it. And then he wondered why he was taking heat over it. But this is what happens if you're a guy. And I don't know if this is necessarily true, but it's certainly the perception. And you cry, admit that you're failing, admit that you need help, or show some other level of perceived weakness in any way. That you're somehow looked upon as pathetic, yeah. feminine, weak. You're made fun of. Uh, you're always told it's the old saying, man up. Yeah. There's a lot of like, that in our language. I mean, there really is. Yep. God forbid somebody calls you the B word. Yep. Which, you know, it, it, it's kind of funny that someone calls you a bitch or a pussy. So you're implying that I'm weak somehow. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. further, take that step further. You're implying I'm weak because I'm a woman. And now you've just insulted your sister, your mom, your grandmother, and a whole host of other people that you probably didn't mean to insult. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I think that's definitely really common these days. Like men who use those words in that way don't think about the implications of what they're saying. But there's also nope. this thing of when, when you when you call another man a pussy, like it almost forces him into that same position where now yep. like he has to be defensive over something that's like – automatically misogynist just by its very nature. And it, and it, and it's, it's a really difficult thing to kind of wrap your mind around, but like you, you tell me that I'm acting like a bitch and I say, I'm not a bitch. Then I, at least I'm agreeing that women are less than men. Like what a yes. complicated mess of <laughs> emotion and thoughts and thought well, control going on. And some people think that words don't matter, but if you negative self-talk yourself enough, you'll yeah. stop believing in yourself. Yeah. You'll and become if, negative. If you're around a bunch of guys, like if you're in a locker room and that kind of language is going around, it's really easy to start believing that women are yeah. less than men because it's such a part of your, your vocabulary. It, it, it's insidious, right? It creeps yeah. its way in there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're trying to explain how you respect women. But yet you use all these words. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Or, or that you look at women in a weak way. So to circle back, uh, I think that's a really good intro to circle back to the kind of thing. Men are, are you know, in, in, in a tough spot today because of like the post that I read where there's a lot of men out there. And, and by the way, what one of the things that sparked this is this has been my most engaged post of all time, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. More comments, more likes. Uh it's 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 blowing anything away that's ever been on my Instagram, even the ones you're supposed to get a lot of likes for, like right. the birth of a child. Yeah, right. So it's pretty clear it touched a lot of people. It's also something that you hear. Uh, there's a guy, Ryan Mishler, from The Order of Man that talks a lot about this. Yep. Uh, there's the Art of Manliness podcast, which is a great podcast for, you know, kind of self-help type stuff. They mm-hmm. talk about this stuff a lot. But men are really reaching out for resources because there's a lot of men struggling with identity out there. 
Well, I mean, think about this. There, there are these camps that men go to, like you know, on the weekend, where they get the snot kicked out of them. And and we joke about this, but they they like to do push-ups while another guy sprays them in the face with a hose. And mm-hmm. so they're 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 trying to reclaim some sense of their identity that they feel has been diminished through yep. the constant sacrifice, through having a desk job instead of being a caveman kind of a thing. Yep. So they're 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 reaching out for some way to uh, to assert their masculinity without necessarily doing, I guess, the negative behaviors that are also associated with that. Well, and they're feeling under attack because. Right. We talked about this. I can't remember what episode it was, Joe. It might have been three or four, but on toxic masculinity. Yeah, yeah. Right? Where Gillette put out that commercial about how, you know, men need to start just behaving better. And all kinds of men who don't behave like that took it offensively. Yeah, yeah. Like somehow it's bad that I can't slap a woman in the ass or call her a name or bully other people. Yeah, exactly. Which is odd to me, but I don't think that's what they felt threatened by because no one would say that those behaviors are okay. Well, some people might say they're okay, (laughs) but the majority of people would not admit that those are okay behaviors. Yeah, exactly. But they felt like something else was being threatened. And then in the same token, um, people like The Rock are praised for talking about his depression. Yeah. And and men that have come out and led from the front by admitting they have problems. Yeah, yeah. The the big thing that we got, you know, that, that, that we agree on, because I don't think we agree with everything with this topic, but the one thing in planning for this that really stuck with me, though, is we I, – I, I think, John, I don't want to speak for you, but I right. think we agree that men need more resources. Yeah, 100%. I think, I think we agree that men need more guidance. Yeah. I think we agree that men are to a certain degree in today's society being put down yes. or at the very least, the role of what a man is, is very unclear and it becomes confusing and it causes a lot of psychological issues. Yes. Yeah. And we right? definitely agree on that. You know, um, but the other thing that we agree on is that this isn't a victim thing. No. Most men, if you think you're a man under attack, you've done it to yourself. Amen. Because chances are you have a choice. So what we thought we'd do this podcast is go down this list and kind of debunk a lot. Not debunk a lot of these things, but talk about why these things are true and then talk about why it's also your fault. Yes. So the first one on this list here is to all the dads list. The first one is who paid for a dinner that no one was grateful for. I've been there Mm -hmm. where where you provide something and it's not just dinner. You feel like you provided something for your family, whether it be a house, whether it be a car, whether it be uh, you're driving to Jojo, uh, you're driving her every is it Wednesday you go to the Irish dance classes or Thursday, Wednesday. Okay, so Wednesday you're driving Jojo. Uh, it's scary how well I know your schedule, by the way. <laughs> but Wednesday, that means we're, we're, we're truly meant to be best friends. That's right. But Wednesday, you're driving JoJo to the Irish dance class. Mm-hmm. And you look at all the things that you do for your family. How many times are you told thank you? How many times are you given a pat on the back? Or are you just expected to do that because that's your job? Well, and to, to go to the flip side of that coin right away, how many times have I asked 
You know, how many times have I asserted my right to be thanked? Because that's yeah. the other part of it. You know, if I'm feeling like everybody's being ungrateful, then am I just supposed to bottle that feeling up until I explode? Or should maybe I maybe I should say something about it? Have a talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so funny. We force our kids to say thank you, don't we? Yeah. Like, if I, if I give my three-year-old a treat, you say thank you, and he says thank you. But we never force adults to say thank you. That's right. And it's, it's not like we have to force it, but we can certainly ask for it and hold a boundary. Yeah. Well, and I think that's what right, it like, comes down to. I mean, that's one of our, our, our core values on this podcast is, is setting and maintaining those boundaries. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's weird. I mean, if you're in a situation where maybe you've got family from out of town and you buy dinner for a bunch of people as, as you know, for this, per, per this post, uh, and all these adults are sitting around and nobody even said thank you for that. Like, it would be weird if I stood up, you know, ding to glass, ding, ding, ding. Hey, everyone's attention, please. Uh, y'all forgot to thank me for buying dinner, mm-hmm. but you know, that's okay. Cause I'm happy to give it to you anyway. It gets the point across and that's maybe well, a little passive aggressive. <laughs> But for sure. Maybe it's just flat out aggressive. But, but at least now I'm, and, I don't have that bottled up anymore. Yeah. Well, and I'm not even saying that that that's would actually be really funny to do that. <laughs> I'm not even saying that that's the right thing to do. But I'm going to propose a really novel idea, Joe. Sure. How about you just stop buying fucking dinner? What a concept. Like, like if you're feeling unappreciated, stop engaging in that behavior yeah why can't you just withdraw Mm -hmm. like it's kind of like raising a spoiled kid if someone never says thank you if someone you know i'll just i'll just give the neighborhood example let's say every sunday i know i mow my neighbor's lawn Mm -hmm. and sunday number one doesn't say anything sunday number two doesn't say anything sunday number three doesn't say anything I'm going to stop mowing his lawn. Mm-hmm. Why would I continue to help if he doesn't say thank you or reciprocate in any way? If I choose to continue to engage in that behavior, in this case, it's just the lawn, that's on me. I'm choosing to do it without a thank you, and I really have no right to be mad at it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and why to, to, to riff on that just a little bit, our neighbor will consistently come plow our driveway when it snows. Mm-hmm. And and if you guys have seen my Instagram, you know that my driveway is a piece of work. Like yep. you, you have to have special equipment to get up and down my driveway in the winter. In fact, we sled down my driveway in the winter because it's that steep. Uh, but we have in the past, you know, we would run by with like you know baked goods or whatever to say thank you. But he he consistently refuses to allow us to return the favor, which is just mm-hmm. kind of a, a neighborly thing to do, right? Like we live in a nice neighborhood with nice neighbors. At the same time, if they go out of town, I don't think we've ever charged them to go over and you know let their dog out. So nope. like it's kind of interesting that a lot of this stuff is spoken, a lot of it is unspoken. But I think the the moral of the story is you have to have some kind of arrangement. You can't just assume that it's there. You know, you can't just assume like if he was just going to drive over and, and do our driveway for us, like he's making some assumptions that we want him to do that or that we'll be willing to thank him for that. If you yep. know, for example, that your neighbor is a grade A asshole, are you going to go out of your way to do things like that for him? Like, probably not, because nope. you know you're never going to get anything for it. Nope. But, you know, if, if you're like our neighbor and you just really like driving your little tractor around and you're looking for any excuse to do so, like, cool, man, have at it. I'm happy to provide you with something to do on a, yeah. on a snowy day. 
For sure. But I would also recommend to you, Joe, that I wouldn't stop even if he refuses it. I would still bring the baked goods over. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. Again, that's, it, that's kind of that's a very Minnesotan Midwestern way to approach that. But it's your way of also letting him know that that is appreciated and wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like it's an easy way to do it. And it doesn't have to be tit for tat. But if someone doesn't feel appreciated, I'm going to assume they're going to stop doing stuff. And if you're in the position where you feel unappreciated, stop doing the thing that you feel unappreciated for. Exactly. Move on. And and you made a really good point. I didn't even think of this. Maybe the other person doesn't want you to do that. Yeah. Maybe I do my driveway and I like doing it and that's my meditation time or it's my cardio after my workout. Right. Yeah. And I'm annoyed that you're robbing me of that. So just – communicate the next part of that is who didn't know if they'd make it to payday now this is one that you've been in this position Mm -hmm. i've been in this position there's a lot of people in this position this is a really scary feeling when you've got to provide for people or provide for yourself even and you don't know if you're going to make your mortgage if you don't know if you're going to make your rent if you don't know where your next meal's coming from yeah, yeah. That's really scary. Well, and a couple of thoughts come to mind for me on this one. Uh, the first is, I don't think that's unique to dads by any means. You know, nope. I can imagine a lot of moms, a lot of just single people who are in the exact yep. same boat. So that that's scary. Uh, I think what this what this is trying to hit at is the sacrifice that dads make and, and the, the weight that they carry without necessarily broadcasting it to the family. Yep. Right. Always trying to find a way, always trying to be a provider, which I think is very laudable. Um, but there's also like more to that situation. Like, why why is it so tight? What decisions have you made that put you in that position? And why would you continue to put yourself in that position as opposed to finding a more stable position to be in? So I'm really glad you said that because most people live beyond their means. Yes. You had, and I'll bring it up again because I love it. You had referenced a commercial uh, for one of our last podcasts on ways to make yourself miserable about okay. a gentleman who was talking about his six bedroom house and his four car garage and his BMW and his blah, 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 blah. And he's on a nice riding lawnmower and he says, How do I, you know, afford all this? I get up to my eyeballs. Yep. <laughs> because we're trying to keep up with our neighbors, who, by the way, are also up to their eyeballs in debt. Yes. And just would do anything to get out of it because we're trying to live up to some ideal we see on TV. You know what I mean? We're watching some rich people on a on a reality show and we're trying to live like they live yep. because we need a new car to impress our friends at church. You know, and and I reference church because there's a bunch of parts of the Bible. I mean, you know it better than me, but <laughs> I seem to remember a bunch of a bunch of parts of the Bible, Joe, that talk about that the, the 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 meek and the and the poor shall inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of lessons in there about being humble and not being flashy with your money. Am I right on this? Or am yeah, I, 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 it, it's interesting. A lot of the parts of the Bible that people will, will kind of cut out uh, are the parts sort of. After the whole Bible story, when when the early Christians are like trying to make ends meet in the little communities that they formed, and like the idea there was you you were you were trying to provide for a whole community, not just for yourself, you know. So if you had extra, it was almost community owned. 
Yep. You know what I mean? So people were bringing land, they were bringing money, they were bringing goods that they had and 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 trying to distribute it evenly amongst themselves. And I think in mm-hmm. in the early days that that it was very sort of disorganized. And so they were fumbling their way through it. Uh but there's a lot of interesting stories from from that section of uh Acts of the Apostles. But I think there, the lesson in there is exactly that, is, yes, you're going to work hard. I mean, yeah, you're not going to be lazy. You're, we're, we're trying to achieve something here. You're working towards an end, uh, and, and so you're going to, to take the fruits of your labors, but you're also really just the steward of the things that you own. So the resources that you have are yours to distribute, and what you distribute them on speaks about your character. And so if, if you live in a neighborhood where everybody around you is dirt poor— and they, they legit can't afford just basic care. And you decide that you're going to take your extra money because you work harder because you're such a better person than everyone else. And you're just going to blow it all on a Maserati and not help anybody out. That's very different than the guy who says, well, okay, look, I can, I can use a, a, a beat up old hoopty for a couple of weeks and I can help build this neighborhood up. That's a different kind of person. And so I think there's that aspect to to you know the rich man versus the poor man dichotomy and didn't didn't what's your guy's name again you guys share initials he's like the boss <laughs> of your whole operation JC? big old jc <laughs> yeah, JC. yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't didn't he also say something about how the temple shouldn't be overly adorned yeah i'm yeah. wrong on this but i thought he thought one of his major lessons was like you shouldn't have gold floors and marble columns and, yeah. and stained glass windows and all this stuff and that you, you should be a little more humble. So I, I guess what I want to know is when did it turn into you need to buy a newer, bigger, brighter, nicer Tesla yeah. to show up to church so that it was nicer than all the other people's Teslas? Where I've got two answers for you. One, human nature, and two, okay. televangelists. <laughs> It's Fair that, enough. It's that God loves you more than everyone, so of course you get to drive the Tesla because you're a better you know, person. And, and the whole thing that if you give more money, you sit closer to the front. Like uh-huh. that was a thing back in the day. Yeah. So my, you know, I, I, I'm trying to be funny about this, but most people live beyond their means. Yes. So there are people that are really trying to provide, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, you can always even ask the question: You're trying to provide for five kids. Should you have had five kids? Yeah. Was yeah. that was that like a financially it, we, we responsible had, we talked thing about to this, do? this concept a little bit uh, earlier um, as we were kind of prepping for this. And honestly, this has been an ongoing conversation we've had, I think, since this post came up. Uh, but hindsight's always twenty twenty, So it's really easy to yep. look back and say, oh, I never should have sold that house. I should have stayed there. I never should have done this. I never should have done that. Like, like, fine. Okay. We can't necessarily change the past, but we can certainly learn from it. And so we're, we're, we're talking about, you know, making it paycheck to paycheck to paycheck to paycheck, which is a very, very difficult, very stressful place to be. Maybe instead of staying in that constant thing, we start looking at the kinds of sacrifices we need to make to go back. So we're not trying to buy a new car. We're not trying to buy a newer house. Like we need to kind of maybe get out of the one we're in. We need to find a better way. And that's, that's actually, I think even harder than just trying to stretch yourself thinner and thinner and thinner. Yeah. Or or maybe try to cut your cable. Yeah. Maybe yeah. like shop for groceries on sale. Maybe you don't get to go on that vacation. Yeah. But I feel like most people who are payday to payday are there not because they're not willing to work hard enough. That's a yeah. really unfair statement. 
because you may be happy and love what you're doing for $40,000 a year. Yeah. You might love what you're doing for $20,000 a year. You might like volunteering all the time and living off nothing. And and there's nothing wrong with that. You should Mm -hmm. do what you love, but you have to understand that if your job only pays you $40,000 a year, you can't live like you're making a hundred. Yeah. And And, and, and the example I came up with earlier that I've been kind of chewing on in my mind is like, why are you going to get into a mortgage you can't afford now? That's a 30 year sentence. You know, do you know where, what the word, where the word mortgage comes from? It's like no. an old French word that means death pledge. Wow. Now do you want to get into a mortgage? <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Like, no. you don't need. So, like, can we, would you be better off buying that house now and being in a 30-year mortgage or working your ass off for five years and having a big down payment and maybe only getting into a 15-year mortgage? Yep. But people aren't willing to do that for five years. They feel like five years is forever. They feel like they're not going to be able to make enough, like it's not going to be worth it. But I think we have to learn as a society to start being patient and not financing the shit out of everything we own. Well, and, and looking, like I said, at other people about what they have, because why do you want that house in that neighborhood? Yeah. Yeah, really like, examine I, your motivations. But again, we get this sense that, you know, I'm supposed to go to high school, go to college, get married, move out of my parents' house, have my own place, two cars in the garage. Well, who the hell is telling you that that's what you have to do yep. with your life? Yep. You know? It's hard, you know? So so examine your stuff. If you feel like you're living payday to payday, you might have to make some hard choices. Yeah. And by the way, no one's forcing you to buy anything. No, no, no one's forcing you to and, keep up with somebody else. Remember, like, why you're doing what you're doing. You know, if your job's not paying the bills or not providing you with the lifestyle that you want to live, like, maybe you need to come up with a plan to get somewhere else. And you better have well, some actionable items to get you there because you you yep. can't limp your way up the ladder. No. Now, the other thing, Joe, is we talk about the power of language. We've talked about that already. Do you realize what word we've associated with men probably a hundred times in this podcast already? No. Provided. Yeah, there you go. Who who says a man has to be the provider? Since when did that become my job? I mean, I, I don't know about you. That to me seems inherently sexist and degradatory to women to a degree. Yeah. Like it's, I, not, it's almost it's like saying my, women can't provide, right? That's exactly it. It's not my job to provide for my family. Like it's, it's, it's not, it's our job as a unit. Me and my wife are a team. It's our job to make sure everything's done here. And it's funny because she asked me, she said, a lot of men have a problem when their wife makes more than them. When you have a problem with it, I'm like, hell no. The more you get, the more I get a rising tide floats all boats. Yeah. Right. Like if you can, if you can make more than me, in fact, if you can, this is exactly what I said. If you can make enough that I can just retire and hang out and do what I love every day, all the power to you. Oh, but the, see like, that 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 doesn't flow with the uh, the masculine notion of being the the pride yeah. leader. I'm a lion. I I take down the big animal and I drag it back and I feed the whole pride because I'm the man. I'm the alpha. Like that that doesn't fit that mode. You know, but I I also want to point out that nowhere in human history has a single male had a whole pride of of females that he single handedly provided for. We're like hunter gatherers. It was always done in community. 
So, so the, the thing is, is like, you know, Lisa says like, that wouldn't cause you any pride. Nope, not at all. What do you mean? So I can, I can play Xbox all day and hang with the kids <laughs> yeah. and, and, and work out and fly my friend Joe here whenever I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like a horrible life. Why would that bother me? But there is this notion of, of as being a man that I have to provide to everybody yeah. for almost at the cost of going debt and all the stress. And let me tell you, that is a choice. A hundred percent. Yeah, it is. You know, and, and no one forces you. We talked a little bit about this. No one forced you to buy that house. Nope. Like if your wife really needs a BMW to be able to stay in the marriage with you, I'm going to go out and say it. I don't think you want to be married to that person. Can you imagine? I went up to Lisa and said, hey, babe, listen, love you. Uh, I think you're beautiful. I think you're smart. Uh, our, our sex life is pretty good, but you know, I'm a, I'm a need you to get a better job because I'm a need a new truck. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> so what do you mean? Well, I'm not, I'm not happy. I'm not happy if you don't get me the new truck. And, uh, if you don't yeah. get it for me, I'm going to find a woman who will. Uh-huh. That sounds absurd. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but there are some. There are some men who believe that if they don't provide jewelry, if yeah. they don't provide cars, if they don't provide a nice house, that that woman won't want to be with them. Let me tell you, fellas, that's not the woman you want in your life. No, no. And if you if you sign up for that, that's your own damn fault. Yes. You, yep. you can't blame anybody else. And you, by the way, you can't call her a gold digger. You can't say that she's sucking you dry. Mm-hmm. You can't all these negative things these guys say, you did this to yourself. Yeah. If you're in a relationship with the type of person that requires that you shower them with money and gifts, that's on you. Stop yeah. complaining. Yeah, again, you're you're so, cho- you're choosing your situation in that case for real. You could have said no. Yeah. That's that's the reality. The next point, and, and this one I think is is more on the Joe. I, I do feel really bad for men in this regard mm-hmm. who are trying their best to be a good man in a society that devalues men. Yeah, this one's tricky just because the, even though it's worded, hints on the problem. I want to be a yep. good man, but everything associated with masculinity is being talked about in a negative. Yep. So like anything you do to try to be a good man – automatically makes you a worse person yep and that's well, why not, my, not my, a, my whole thing is to try to, to to take the masculinity out of it and just make it about being a good person let me let me ask you a question if a couple gets divorced who's more likely to get custody the woman why you know, I can't give you a real answer for that. That's just the way well, it I happens, mean, isn't I mean, it? I mean, is it because like the doctors say or that a mom knows best? Because or, or, is it, or is it because dad's at work 16 hours a day yeah. trying to pay his child support? Yep. And mom's dad always can't. stayed home with the kids anyway? Yep. Dad can't provide yeah. for the kids like mom says. Dad's incapable of surpri- like providing for their emotional support. Yeah. The dad can't possibly know what their needs are. I mean, there's a real thing there, Joe, where, you know, you you, you find out when you have a baby that you kind of take a back seat. You were talking about this a lot a while ago. Yeah. And, and yeah, we are did you, the, the baby prep podcast with Lisa. 
that yep. there's not really a role for a man once the seed is planted. Yep. You know, like the, the woman carries the, the baby, the woman gives birth, the woman basically is the sole provider for the, the baby as soon as it's born. And the man is just sort of along for the ride and, and, and goes from being the most important person in that woman's life to irrelevant real quick. Yep. Well, and not all women, some women start to like hold that against the man to a degree. Yes. Like you could never carry this baby like I did. You don't have to go through what I do. You don't understand the baby. You don't have the same bond with the baby that yeah. we do. Yeah. Well, that's a little harsh and unfair. Like I, I would look at it and I would say, hey, babe, I thought we were a team here. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I can't carry the baby, but I can do other things and I shouldn't be diminished because I can't breastfeed. Yeah. And well, and, and for her to say, like, I don't have the same relationship with the baby that she has, like, no shit. I have my yeah, own relationship. <laughs> like my 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 wife and my daughter, right, have a very different relationship than me and my daughter. You know what I mean? I don't expect them to have the same relationship. They're different people. It's a different yep. dynamic. And so, so it shouldn't be compared. And that's when it gets hurtful. Yeah. Because, because I don't have a problem either with, I believe, and, and I believe this truly, Joe, when a woman does have the baby, if she is breastfeeding, she is responsible for the primary care of that infant. Yeah. I think not as a man, as a team player, you should step up and really try to do all the other things. Maybe yeah. that means taking her hours at her job. Maybe that means cleaning more. Maybe it means, you know, feeding her, bringing her food, making sure she's comfortable. Just like I would want somebody to do that for me if, say, I was sick. Well, here, I'll, tell, I'll, I'll give you a perfect, perfect example here. Because this is something that my wife said a lot after our first was born is that she just wished she had an extra pair of hands. How yep. hard is it for you to be there and be an extra pair of hands? Why are you trying to hold the baby and wash the dishes? Let me wash the dishes. You go take care of her. Or I'll take the baby for 15 minutes and you can just rest your arms and wash the dishes instead. Yep. (laughs) Whatever, Whatever works, but you're a team. Neither of those things should be held against the other person. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But we do live in a society where there are women who are holding certain things against men or or you're all of a sudden bad because you're a man. Yeah. Which which I think is really unfair. Well, I feel like society and, is trying to figure out like as a whole, like all of society is trying to figure out what it means to be a good man. And yep. that's where a lot of the the pain is being felt right now by men because it used to be very clear. You know, it yep. used to be very sort of traditional gender roles and well that shit ain't going to fly anymore. Well, you know, Joe, I'm glad you brought that up too, and this may ruffle a few feathers, but you know what else I hate? Hmm. I hate the idea. Listen, I'll be honest with you. I am 100% for equal rights across the board, mm-hmm. regardless of sexual orientation, regard, like regardless of gender, regardless of sex, regardless of the color of your skin. Everyone should be treated equally. Yeah. But you know what I really hate? Hmm. I want to I want equal pay. I want equal rights. I want all the things that you have, but you know what? You're going to pay for dinner on the first date. Yeah. How's that? Work? Yeah. 
What, what do you mean? Because I'm a man. That's what men do. Like I, I start to have a problem with that, Joe. And and listen, I don't have a problem with pain for you if we go out for lunch because yeah. you're my friend and I want to treat you. But, see, but this, when there this, comes. This is exactly what I'm talking about. It's not about being a good man. It's just about being a good person. Yeah. Because am I going to get blasted by a feminist because I offered to hold the door for her? Don't hit me or, with that chivalry bullshit. Or am yeah, I standing or, there slamming the door in people's faces? Is is it wrong for me to open a door for another man somehow? Like, is that, like isn't it just a good thing to do for somebody? Yep. That's what you would think. But there becomes this expectation. Like, And you'll hear people talk, oh, no, he'd better pay for dinner on the first date. Mm-hmm. He's going to take me out. Oh, no, he'd better hold the door for me. Well, how about you hold the door for me? Well, what, what I find is that, that, that demonstrates the inconsistencies in the thinking, right? Yep. In a public forum, we're all going to agree that equal rights and equal pay. But behind closed doors, yeah, he better pay for this. Yeah, he better do that. Yeah, he, you know, he better treat me right and buy me lots of stuff. Like, ouch, that's, that's inconsistent. Well, and it's not fair. It's not fair to have a double standard. No, and, and by the way, it's not all women who think like that. No, not at all. It's not. It's But this is what's perpetuated. Look at the movies or look at TV. Yeah, yeah. It's done. If you're not, if you're not buying something, then, then you're less than. So I think that men get devalued, and I think it becomes really confusing to know what your actual role is. And your, your example is, am I going to get in trouble for opening the door? Mm-hmm. Or am I going to get now me? I'm just going to hold the door and treat people with respect regardless. Yeah. Because that's what you do. Guy, women, child, it doesn't matter to me. Again, that's just being a good human being. It doesn't matter what your gender is. Just be nice to each other. Why is that so freaking hard, Bobby? I know. And then you get (laughs) these jackasses that like, I don't even know how to talk to a woman anymore. Yes, you do. Come on. You know what? Like, maybe I don't know the exact right thing to say, but I can tell you what not to say. Like, and then, so if you even try to have this talk, then people get super defensive and blow it way out of proportion. Yeah. Yeah. No, just treat somebody with respect. All right. We got to, we got to, I was going to say, we better start moving on because we're getting deep into this podcast. We're only on what? Number four. (laughs) We are. The next one who lost their patient multiple times because they see their life passing with their dreams still in their chest. So go live not, your dreams. What the hell? <laughs> not unique to men. No, like, not I'm at all. sorry you chose to work a desk job you hate. Get the fuck out of there. Yeah. You what, don't why? have to be chained to it. If you got a dream, but, you better have a plan. Otherwise, it's just a dream and it ain't, it ain't a reality. Like, if, if you're... If my dream is to do X, Y, or Z, and that requires for the next three years to me, for me to be chained to a desk, you know what I mean? If for me to get where I'm, from where I'm at to where I want to be requires me to sacrifice a year, two, three, ten years of my life, okay, fine. Because I'm not sitting there crying to sleep because I'm stuck in my job. I'm going somewhere. There's a plan. And so if you're in a position where, where you're just sitting there, kind of taking what life is giving you, like, figure it out, man. What would you rather be doing with your time? You know, you know what movie actually uh, hits this nail right on the head is Office Space, right? Because he's got this job at Inatech. He hates it, all this corporate bullshit. But what job does the guy have at the end of the movie? Do you remember? You know, I don't. He's, he's working, like, construction, Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Like he's out in the open and he's like walking around with with his neighbor, the goofy neighbor guy. Like they're like working together now and he's just like smiling. And it's like maybe you're just in the wrong freaking role. 
Because plenty, yeah. plenty of guys have provided for their families and had great lives working construction. Well, you you know I'm a logic guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like I like things to be logical and neat and clean. So my question for you, Joe, is what's my passion? Do you know? I'm I mean, gonna you ge- I'm going to guess it's like fitness, fighting. Fitness, right? Yeah. Working in the gym, helping people. Mm-hmm. You are correct. I'm glad that our friendship okay. took another turn, the better. But that's it's, my it's passion. A good thing, it's a good thing I didn't say something like Barbie dolls, you know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Collecting lipstick. But, I don't know. <laughs> but I decide that I want a bigger house. Mm-hmm. That I decide that I want a nicer car, so I go sign for a job at Goldman Sachs. Yeah. And in five years from now, I'm miserable. Joe, gosh, I got to tell you, I, I am miserable. I'm working 16 hours a day. I'm unhappy. I'm blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you know what, you know what else, Bobby? You're also, you also got 25 more years until that mortgage yeah. is paid off. But <laughs> you would think that, like, I think you as my friend would say, well, how's your house treating you? That's what you wanted. Yeah. I'm going to say, well, what do you mean? No, 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 no. And you're going to say, well, Rob, actually, I remember back when you were working out and doing Instagram and doing jujitsu and you were really happy. Mm -hmm. And then you decided you want a bigger house. So you just valued a bigger house more than your dreams. Yeah. Is that not a logical assumption? It sounds logical to me. Right? Like you are actively choosing and most people choose to give up their dreams because money's more important. Yeah. A house is more important. And that's fine. But just call it what it is. If your dreams are dying, that's your fault. You can go chase your dreams. Yeah, yeah. And it might be the expense of something because dreams don't come free. No. Here's the thing. You, you, they're free when you close your eyes, but they go away when you open them. Yep. If you want to turn your dream into reality, there's a cost. So maybe you have to downgrade your house. Maybe you have to spend less time sitting on the couch. Yeah. Your dreams to have a six pack, you're not going to get it by not going to the gym. Yeah. So, you know, you you have a, a, a power over that. Who never hear, I'm proud of you, because those are important words to a man. Those are important words to everybody. Yeah, to everybody. I think, I think everybody, and it's one thing that me and my wife are really trying to practice in our relationship now, is more positive affirmation. Mm-hmm. Instead of just assuming somebody knows, just saying it. Right, and, like, and and I would say like go out of your way to find opportunities to do this because two things are going to happen. One, you're going to be a happier person because you're thinking happier thoughts. Right, we become what we practice. And two, everybody else is going to get used to you being supportive, and they're going to appreciate you more. So your relationships are going to improve. Right, that's but, for sure. but people are like, oh, but it's weird. Like, no, it isn't. Believe me. As hard as you're trying to tell everybody that you see one nice thing about them every time you see them, that might be the only nice thing they hear that month. So yeah, carry on. Sure. And why not take that extra step? I did it with my kid yesterday. He had a science fair. Mm-hmm. Hey, buddy, you know what? Dad's really proud of you. Why, Dad? Because you worked really hard at your science <laughs> Just fair. Because you did all the nerdy shit. <laughs> you know? and, then, and then he said, yeah, Dad, but I didn't win. I go, well, winning and losing has nothing to do with my pride level of you. Yeah, You yeah. worked really hard. You put a lot of effort into this. Dad's proud. Like, why would I keep that from him? So why would I keep it from my spouse? Well, it, but how much, why would I keep it from my friend? How much does that, that desire to, to instill pride in, in the people that we care about, 
how much of that forces us into that whole buy the bigger house mentality? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if I moved my family out of our house where I live with my in-laws right now into a bigger house that I could barely afford and, and, you know, the nicest neighborhood with the best schools, I guarantee my dad would be very proud of me for how well I'm taking care of my family. But what he doesn't see is how unaffordable and untenable that position is for yep. me. So maybe, so maybe maybe what it needs to be is when I sold my house and I moved in with my in-laws, maybe that's the kind of thing that somebody should have said, hey, I'm proud of you for that. It's hard yeah. to admit that you're better off, you know, sharing resources with your in-laws or sharing space there. You know, it's yep. hard to admit that that car was too expensive for you and to, to get rid of it. Like maybe those are the things that we should be, yeah. be, be handing those out on. Well, you and I tell each other we're proud of each other on a regular basis. You know, I'm but, proud of you for bringing that up. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> I appreciate that. You're, you're modeling good you know, behavior for our uh, podcast students, if That's you right. will. But, but you hear this, like when somebody quits a job, rather than say, I'm really proud of you for having the courage to do that. You know what they say? What are you going to do for money? You're going to regret this. What if you don't get another job? Yeah. How could you quit such a – that's a really negative thing. So just say that you're proud and they are important. Yeah. You know, yeah. the next one, who work long hours and leave all the day's frustrations at the door to be there for their kids because that's what dads do. This goes for not only dads. Dads, you're not alone. Moms go through this too. Uh-huh. This isn't unique. You're not the only one that's working hard. You're not the only one who's trying to, you know, vent your frustrations. You're not the only one. There's actually, Joe, a really good cartoon I saw of this where there's like a guy and he's trying to pull a woman up off a cliff like she's fallen down. Yeah. And there's like a hand pulling the girl's leg down. And the guy's like, why won't she just climb up? Mm hmm. And then there's something else going on with the guy. He's being bit by a snake or whatever in the leg. And she's like, why Why can't he just pull me up? Yeah. It's because they don't see the other person's problems. Yeah. You don't know fully what somebody else is going through. You don't know. So this isn't this is a person thing. Well, where and, and I think we that, all that have le leaving this. frustrations at the door is just an adult thing. You know, yes. I, I used to be a prison guard, Bobby. Do you think I want to come home and tell my kids all the stories that I, I learned in prison that day? Yeah, or like probably or not. Take it, or take it out on them, right? Yeah. Like you had a bad day at work, so now everybody else has to be miserable. Yeah. Because you're going to take it out on your wife. You're going to, and people do this all the time. Sometimes I'll just call people on it. I'm like, just because you had a bad day, don't try to bring mm -hmm. me down. Or, or don't this think that that, that entitles to you to, to walking into the house, kicking your shoes off, flopping your fat ass in the lazy boy and starting to chug beer because that's how you deal with your stress. Like you are yep. going to have to find a better way. You're yep. going to have to find a way to, to be present to your family or else the whole thing's going to fall it's, apart. Well, it's, it's, it's the kind of the old adage because I, I remember as a kid, right? Your room's messy on a Monday. Your room's messy on a Tuesday. It's messy on a Wednesday. No big deal. Mom has a bad day at work Thursday, and then guess what? <laughs> and everybody's cleaning. Your fucking room's not clean. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's the kind of thing, Joe, where you're in a really bad mood, and you're going to take it out on poor JoJo. Yeah. Because every day she leaves her shoes in the front entrance way, and it's not a problem. But then the one day you come home and you had a bad day at work, now you're going to scream at that poor little girl. Yeah, yeah. Not fair. You don't get to do that. So that's yeah. just about being a better person. 
uh, the other one who love so much, even when they feel they're failing. Again, guys, you're not alone in this. This is how moms feel all the time. Yeah, I don't know as like a, as a as a as a mother or as a father, you ever feel like you're doing enough. You know, this this reminds me of a conversation I had with a with an old mentor of mine, and we were just talking about owning your own business, and I had just made the comment of like, I would love to just burn the whole thing down and start fresh just because everything I've learned along the way. Right. And he said, you know what? Literally every business owner feels the same, that that is the common, common thing. Like even the most successful people put me in charge of like Apple, right? I wish I could just burn it down and build it up again from scratch because no debt, no trouble. Everything would be so much more streamlined, but a week later you'd be in the same boat again. Damn straight. You know, so even when you feel like you're falling apart, like, guess what? That's what everybody feels like. None yeah, of us, there's, perspective. There's, there's no manual on how to be a good dad. There's no manual on how to be a successful human being. You know, they tried to write a book about it, but a whole bunch of people say it's fake. Like, <laughs> it's, there's no consensus on this. It's hard. So you're, you're, you're not alone if you feel like you're struggling and that's not a bad thing if you feel like you're struggling because it means you fucking care and yeah, that's the really you, important thing that's that's the key right there if you feel you care you'll always feel like you're never a good enough husband yeah you'll feel like you're not good enough wife you'll feel like you're not a good enough dad well, you'll imagine, feel like you're imagine that the, conversely if you felt like you were the perfect dad in the world you're probably an arrogant asshole and nobody loves you yep right so, so there's got to be there's got to be something between though, because yeah. you can't constantly be negative. Like I suck, I suck, I suck, but you can't think you're the best in the world either. So there comes a point where strive for self improvement, but maybe be happy and content where you are a little yeah. bit. And and recognize there's nothing wrong with being content. You know, oh, I, I remember Gary V saying something about how uh, he's got friends who make sixty thousand dollars a year and play Xbox on the weekends, and they're the happiest people he knows. So it's not yep. like you all have to be bajillionaires to be happy. You don't have to hustle, you know, 18 hour days, 6 days a week and never see your kids to find happiness. Like maybe maybe it's okay to just be the kind of guy who works a janitorial job a few hours a week and relaxes most of the day. If that's you know the, what? what your life is about, like cool, man, have at it. And you know what, Bobby? I'm proud of the guys who are willing to live that yep. way. Me too, but you know what I get sick of at the same time? Hmm. The the if you don't aspire to something, you're content. <laughs> being peaceful and content is the death bell. Yeah. You should always want more. If you're happy with what you have, you're just going to be unsuccessful. You hear that a lot in motivational circles, but you only hear that from people who aren't satisfied. Yeah, who aren't happy, and they'll never be happy no, no. matter how much they have because you why always. Do I, why want do I care what they think? Else. Right. What will people you know, say? What will people do? Somebody pointed those ten words out to me one time. Right. <laughs> it's it's the example I remember Lisa and I were budgeting and she wanted to go on a family vacation and she wanted a playscape for the backyard mm-hmm. and we talked about it and we realized we could only get one of them we got to pick one and we 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 actually decided on neither so I don't even know where the story is going <laughs> but one of the because we used that money for other things but the point was is if we pick the playscape we can't sit on the plate and complain that we're not on vacation. Yeah. If we choose the vacation, we can't sit around on another day and bemoan the fact that we don't have the plate 
Well, and again, and this it, is what I, I, I think that also talks to like, you know, having the patience of saying, well, okay, maybe we do want both. Oh, all right. So now we have to extend the timeline for making this possible. Yep. Maybe we go on vacation next year, you know, like maybe we can't do both right now, but we can do both. But you can't live on the other side of the fence. No. Like, great. You bought yourself a big screen TV and a new car. Stop crying about the fact you didn't go away for vacation. Mm-hmm. You chose the TV and the car. Yeah, yeah. Or if you go on vacation, then don't be mad you're riding the bus because you don't have a new car. You yep. don't get to do that. You have to make your decision and live with it and be happy with it. Mm-hmm. The next one and the final one is who shoulder the weight of the world for their family. Now, I I think that this is a heroic thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good thing. And I think that, quote, unquote, as a man or as a woman, uh, you should really want to protect your family and shoulder the weight of the world for them. Yeah. At the same time, you don't have to. You're a team and you have support. Like everyone works together. You know what I mean? Bobby, you, Bobby you, do you – do you know that I did a SEAL Fit course one time? I did, I did tell, not know did that. Did I tell you this story? So uh, I was out in San Diego. I was out there with uh, Blower Tactical Systems. So Tony okay. Blower had a, had a bunch of coaches come out there. It was it was one of the most amazing experiences in my life, to be honest with you. Um, we, we crashed at this beach house in Oceanside. Um, and we did all this like really high-level spear training. It was intense. One of the things that we did is uh, we did uh, a bunch of seminars around the area. So uh, I'm trying to think. It was uh, air, air assault bikes okay. are based like right near where Coach Blower lives. And so he has a relationship yep. with those folks. So some of us went there and did like a little four-hour seminar. Some people went to USA CrossFit. And then there was uh, one that they did at a, a police department in the area. And so as reciprocity with the guys at US CrossFit, they provided our whole team with like a four-hour SEAL fit course where we got treated like you know SEAL recruits in Hell Week for four hours. Which, yep. believe me, is plenty. Um, <laughs> but it was a super life-changing experience. I mean, really changed a lot of the ways that I thought about teamwork. And the, the only way that I, I think I can describe it in words is to say I used to think my responsibility to the team was to be the absolute best that I could be all the time so that I could help pull everybody else up when they were failing. Yep. And that sounds very alpha, very leader-oriented, Right. What I learned in that thing is that there are certain tasks which I am doomed to fail at eventually. Yep. For example, you know, holding a plank on the beach for 10 hours, I can't do that. That's impossible for me. So if that's yep. the task I'm appointed, I'm going to have to rely on my team members to help me through. And that is a yep. very, very different mentality than expecting that I'm going to prop everybody else up. And well, so and knowing, again, knowing the value of who you have on your team and what they bring to the team and believing and trusting and knowing that they're there to help support you when you're at your weakest is way more powerful than assuming that well, you're going to be the one to pick everyone else up. And I think you worded that beautifully because you don't have to do everything. And yeah. it, by the way, not only do you not have to, what I'm hearing from you is it's bad if you try to do everything. Yeah. Like – you should try to help each other out. So what's wrong with asking your 10-year-old son for help? Right. What's wrong with that? And by the way, it's good modeling. It's something I do with Beans all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I'll tell him, Beans, it's difficult 
to look after a three-year-old and the new baby. Do you think you could help me? Of course, dad, versus me doing everything on my own and becoming resentful or burning up all my energy supplies and then I'm not capable of helping people later. Exactly. So, and, and you know what the funny thing is, Joe? He's happy to help. You've been around him. Yeah, yeah. He likes helping. He's proud to look after his three-year-old brother. We actually, we had a talk about this the other day. I meant to talk to you about this because he was complaining about taking care of his brother. Mm-hmm. And so he said, Dad, it's really hard to look after Babu. And <laughs> Babu, the three-year-old, in fairness, he's pretty hard to look after. Yeah. He can be a rough <laughs> kid sometimes, right? Yeah. But he's a little hard-headed and Beans is a sensitive guy. But he goes, you know, you always make me put you always make me put him in the car. I have to feed him. You ask me to help get him dressed like he gets hard sometimes. I go, okay, bud, you don't have to do it anymore. And he like looked at me because when I say stuff like that, Mm -hmm. he knows there's a catch. He knows me well enough now. (laughs) He's like, what what does that mean, dad? I go, well, here's the deal. You don't live here rent free and rent's due every day. Yeah. You got to pull your weight and help out. So. If you don't want to help me by looking after your brother or help your family or help your brother by looking after him, then we can clean. So what would you like to clean today? I've got a list for you. Actually, I'm not going to give you the choice. Yeah. And he quickly said, Dad, I would much rather look after my brother and play with him. I go, okay, good. (laughs) As long as we have that agreement, like you're doing something. You're yeah. emptying the dishwasher. You're cleaning. You're, 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 I don't know. I told him he was going to have to do the air conditioner with a toothbrush, but um, he's got to do something. <laughs> got to go out with a ruler and a scissors and mow the lawn. Let's go. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like he got to do something. If but- you've ever, if you've ever been on a team of people, and 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 just imagine like the worst teammate that you could have is the one who's arrogant, bullheaded, and constantly exhausted. You know what I mean? Like that's not a team. That's a guy who's trying to do the whole thing by himself. And you don't even want to help that person because they're not very grateful when you do. Nope. So why, why are you trying to shoulder everything, gentlemen? Exactly. Exactly. And and by the way, because this podcast, not just for men, like it's interesting how this is twisted, how it's become about people and not dads. And that's what I'm realizing. Mm -hmm. Um, We could have easily put that, you know, it actually be an interesting experiment to get Lisa to put those exact same words up, but just change dad to mom. Yeah, actually we should do that. See how many people okay, respond. So everybody everybody listening, don't say anything. <laughs> yeah, just be quiet. But it's a social experiment because I'll bet you moms feel the same way too. They might internalize some of the comments differently, but we'll recap these, Joe, and then we'll end it because we're going way over time. Yeah. Are you there? Uh oh. <laughs> Lost ya.
right, welcome back. My computer crashed again. <laughs> that, that was my guess. Now I need a new $1,000 phone and I need a new $2,000 laptop. This is awesome. Good day we're having. All right, so anyway, we, we were going to recap. That, that was the plan. Yeah, so, so Joe, the interesting thing here is that as we're going through this list, it's actually not really about men at all. I think this is about people more than anything. Yes, yeah, really. And so, so looking at this, I'd love to have Lisa post this, my wife, and just reword it changing dads to moms. Yeah. So here's here's to all the dads. Here's to all the moms who paid for a dinner that no one was grateful for. Because I know a lot of moms that pay for a lot of stuff for their kids. I would even just say who made a dinner because that's almost the expectation, right? Who who did everything for their kids? Like they take their kids to the zoo. You take they just do stuff and nobody's grateful for it. Mm -hmm. Who who didn't know if they'd make make it to payday? There's a lot of single moms out there that are trying to provide for kids that have made so many sacrifices that go to bed scared at night they don't know if they'll make it to payday. Here's another one who are trying their best to be a good woman in a society that devalues women. Yeah. Like men, listen, you can talk about being devalued, but I wonder <laughs> how many of y'all would want to be in a woman's shoes. That actually cracks me up to just reverse that one because like, holy cow, is that poignant? <laughs> okay, who lost their patients multiple times a day because they see their life passing with their dreams still in their chest. There's a lot of moms and a lot of women who give up a lot of stuff for their family. Yeah. Who who never hear I'm proud of you because those are important words to a woman. Mm-hmm. Damn straight they are. Who work long hours and leave all the day's frustrations at the door to be there for their kids because that's what moms do. Yeah. Who love when they feel they're failing, who shoulder the weight of the world for their family. We're really talking about the same damn thing here. Mm-hmm. So there's there's this I, – I, I think I want to wrap up, Joe. I mean I, I, I know you're going to want to have your own thoughts, but I think I want to wrap up by saying this isn't a dad thing. It's not a mom thing. This is a, just the way it is. Well, it's a, like you said, it's a, it's a people thing. These are just, just be a, being human. Yep. Gender aside, you know, and, like just and, being a human, these are important things. These are important things. In fact, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do, Joe. I'm actually not going to give this post to Lisa. I'm going to put up a post that says here to all the bombs. I'm going to do that myself right now. All right. Let's to see, see how respond. And I want to see how many people tie it together with what I posted the other day. Yeah. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. And it'll be interesting to see the comments on it. Yeah, that's what so I'm looking guys, forward to. But by, by the time you listen to this, you will have seen a post like this come up. And let me know what y'all think. Thank you guys for listening to the Maximus podcast. Uh, Joe, this has been a great one. Always love talking to you uh, about uh, things with life. Uh, I just wanted to tell you in the spirit of the podcast that I am proud of you and I am (laughs) proud to work with you. Amen, brother. Those are important words to hear and I appreciate all the work that you do uh, on on behalf of the podcast. Uh, So appreciate that um, to my co-host and partner. Um, But we also got to pay our bills to the sponsors we we appreciate. So uh, Lalo Tactical, L-A-L-O.com. Use the code Maximus20. Get yourself some damn good boots and shoes. Nitor Protein, N-I-T-O-R, performance.com. Use the code Maximus Podcast for 20% off. Get yourself some good protein. And then finally, join us in the inner circle. If you like conversations like this, this is the place to be. The Maximus Podcast.com. Sign up for the inner circle and we will see you there. Let's go.